ഹായ് ഓൾ വെൽക്കം ടു ദ സെക്കൻഡ് എപ്പിസോഡ് ഓഫ് ആർക്കിടെക്ചറൽ സ്ട്രാറ്റജീസ് ഇൻ ക്ലൗഡ് വിത്ത് മൈ സെൽഫ് വിഷ്ണു വിജി ദിസ് ഇസ് കോഡിംഗ് ടോക്സ് ഐ എം എ ഡോർണേറ്റ് പ്രോഗ്രാമർ ഫ്രം തിരുവനന്തപുരം കേരള സ്റ്റേറ്റ് ഐ ഹാവ് എക്സ്പീരിയൻസ് വർക്കിംഗ് വിത്ത് ഡിഫറെൻറ്റ് ക്ലൗഡ് ടെക്നോളജീസ് ലൈക്ക് മൈക്രോസോഫ്റ്റ് ആഷ്വർ ആമസോൺ വെബ് സർവീസസ് ആൻഡ് ഗൂഗിൾ ക്ലൗഡ് ഇൻ അഡീഷൻ ടു ദാറ്റ് ഐ എം ആൻ എ ഡബ്ല്യു എസ് കമ്മ്യൂണിറ്റി ബിൽഡർ ആസ് വെൽ ഐ ഡു ഹാവ് എ പോഡ്കാസ്റ്റ് ആസ് വെൽ ആസ് ആൻ യൂട്യൂബ് ചാനൽ സോ ദാറ്റ് ഈസ് of the same name coding talks with vishnu so feel free to check it out so this is a continuation of the previous episode related to the architectural strategies in cloud in case if you haven't listened that episode i strongly recommend you to listen that episode which is available on my podcast the podcast is available on all platforms including spotify apple podcast and others so feel free to listen from any of your favorite podcast platforms as you like before starting this episode just a quick recap of what all we have learned in the previous episode in the past episode we have understood about some of the basic patterns like the layered or the tiered architecture we generally call it as entire architecture Uh, people some people will prefer to call us three uh, three tier architecture or two tier architecture in general many of you may already have experience working with that we understood how we can leverage that in the cloud then we also understood about the multi tenant application where a same application can be served to different customers with its own isolation we also understood about the service oriented architecture and how various approaches including stateless caching and other uh, details can be other methods can be used on these uh, basic patterns to improve its functionality uh, while explaining those we understood in terms of some of the aws services like the storage uh, aws cloud front ec2 instance elastic load balancer and so on so in case if you like to listen about all those in very detail i highly recommend to listen that episode to get an overview today we continue our journey into the architecture by looking into the recent uh, trendy patterns like the microservices patterns and the serverless pattern in the previous episode we understood that we can develop applications using the layered architecture or the entire architecture as well as the different ways using the service oriented architecture but that same uh, um, applications can be developed for the cloud uh, optimized for the cloud using the microservices or serverless architecture as well so when it comes to microservice uh, most commonly um, suitable word for the deployment models is the container and the serverless mode of deployment so when we develop a microservice architecture uh, we can either deploy that as through a serverless model or a through a kind of a container based approach uh, if you plan to de- deploy that as serverless you need to consider that at the initial stage similarly if you, you want to deploy the microservices as container you need to consider that at the initial stage both of us its own perspective uh, its own advantages and its own challenges we will think about all those as we go through the episode first we understood about uh, what is microservices and then we can understand about 
deploying the microservices in terms of serverless as well as container concepts we can also understand how uh, different aws services can help to deploy these services in a better fashion when i say deployment uh, it needs to be think in advance like whenever we plan a microservices a- application at its design stage itself we need to think about whether we want to deploy that as a microservice or in a serverless fashion like i said before each has its own challenges and its own benefits we can look on what all are some of the challenges and some of the benefits that offered by these different models before that we can understand about what is a microservice architecture so microservice architecture is very easy to understand um previous episode we understood about the service oriented architecture where a monolithic application can be split into different uh, components and each component provides its own um, functionality and it can work independently of each other and these components will interact with each other through a common protocol that protocol can be either a soap protocol or a rest api so you're further moving from there from the service uh, oriented architecture to a microservice architecture where you actually more modularly uh, split the monolithic applications into more modular services where each services work independently and communicate through a com- communication protocol mostly uh, majority of the application microservices application if you look you could see the rest api uh, and the advantage one of the advantage of microservice kind model of application development is each services can be scaled independently without affecting rest of the services each services that are developed in microservices has a smaller surface area so the teams can develop these individual services within themselves by smaller teams they have to think about how their application or their service works effectively and uh, they need to think about some of the things like how other uh, when a, uh, some other service returns a data how our service should work and all those things but generally they can focus more on their own individual service so that is the modularity that a microservice architecture is providing to the developers so in an organization there may be experts working with the different technologies so a team can be formed and maybe the front end can be developed using uh, some javascript frameworks like react or angular and there may be experts that are proficient in those technologies they can work in that similar way the back end related services can be work in some other languages like c sharp or python similar way in the microservice architecture a monolithic application can be split into different service areas or we can set the boundaries and these boundaries work uh, in isolation but they communicate with each other and the teams can independently develop them so they can choose which uh, which technology best suitable for their part and they can work more effectively another important consideration that an architect must consider when designing a microservice architecture is fault toler- tolerance fault tolerance is an important factor this means that there may be multiple services work in isolation but communicating each other 
to make the entire application work in a smooth fashion but sometimes if on service goes down the architect should design the application in such a way so that it should degrade gracefully without any cascading failures that means if there are multiple services and if one service fails it should not result in a failure on other service the other service should um, continue working and when the initial service that got failed when it comes back to the normal state it should co-work with the other service so that way uh, fault tolerance is an important factor to consider when developing the microservice architecture so each service should run on its own each um a service uh, should not directly depend on other service and that way it should run and whenever some fault happens to one service it should not affect the other service and another important thing that uh, you could consider when developing microservices application is to create a separate data store for each service there may be five different microservice for an application that is architected using the microservice architecture and you may can you can have a separate data store for each service but uh, that also depends upon the type of application that you want to develop sometimes a separate data store for each service would be an overkill so most of the times architects prefer to choose a single data store and share it between these services uh, but uh, there is a uh, there is a suggestion that we can heard from the architects that if you if you see a possibility for each service to scale independently then it would be better to keep a separate data store for each service so that each teams that are focusing on that modular service can choose a best data store and they can tweak according to their preference the main goal is each teams wants to provide the best output and performance from their service which they are related to together that can bring an overall uh, best performance and output from the entire application and that will let lead to a better client experience another thing is to uh, consider when developing the microservice architecture is to uh, build the microservices as stateless way without storing any state in its servers in the previous episode we have understood about the importance of stateless especially when dealing with a shopping site like amazon in amazon web services uh, sorry in amazon shopping site you can log in to the amazon from a uh, web, web from a laptop you can select a product you can search and select a product and you can add that to wish list you can co- even check out that uh, product and you can complete the Uh, check out from a different mobile device as well so this means that your user state is not tied to a particular uh, server or server instance so multiple servers will be working behind the scene just like we understood yesterday from the um uh, when we un- uh, yesterday when we understood about that ec2 instances working in parallelly behind a load balancer similar way the user a session is not tied to a particular server and it is stored entirely separate in a uh, no sql database like the dynamo db so that way uh, the application can work in a stateless fashion so that same consideration you can apply here when develop the microservice architecture also 
because when you when you when you are storing no state on the server your application can effectively scale up and down without bothering about the server state instance so including that with the microservice services when developing uh, the microservices will be a, will provide a better and seamless experience for the user so you can consider that as well along with the uh, data store individual data store like i mentioned previous then uh, the other thing to consider is how we plan to build and deploy the microservice architecture so there are different approaches there uh, in the beginning of the episode i mentioned about the container deployment pattern as well as the serverless pattern so you can choose either one of them Uh, there are other ways also but these ways will be more suitable in the modern cloud day architecture so container pattern we can think about that first and then we can later think into serverless pattern so uh, there may be arguments in favor of container patterns as well as for serverless pattern but the recent trends shows that serverless is a buzzing word and it provides the best Uh, user uh, best user experience as well as it provides the most co- cost effective and scalable strategy that we can adopt in a cloud environment there is a disadvantages as well when it comes to the developing serverless application that we can discuss later first we can look into understanding about the container pattern so we have uh, a microservice architecture in hand we plan to develop a microservice architecture we understood that we can have different services like uh, for example for the sake of understanding we can select a payment application uh, or a shopping application where we have uh, the different uh, services like a service to show the list of products then maybe another service to check out the service and another uh, service to make payments to the um, shopping site and maybe an entirely another service to um, display and capture the list of reviews so different services are out there for so when we consider the entire shopping application these services should work in parallel uh, isolately but in parallel uh, to provide a better experience so they may be communicating with each other through mostly the rest protocol and each service must be fault tolerant that must be stateless and each may have ideally its own data store as well so now we want to deploy this um, services to the server or some cloud environment so container pattern is one pattern where you can individ- uh, individually package your individual services as containers it's similar to the shipping containers Uh, so in the case of container icing of application or services it involves wraps up all the associated libraries dependencies that are part of the service and you can deploy it as container uh, the benefit that it provides to you as an application developer is uh, you can uh, wrap up all the dependencies libraries in a standard way and you can deploy that for the containers in a standard way so that you can ensure that uh, independently of wherever it is getting deployed it should work because everything that needs for working of that particular service is uh, binded to that container so that container has everything and you know no, not need to bother about uh, 
the associated where it is getting deployed and what all dependency there we need to have and all in the olden days we should bother about uh, where we want to deploy our application if we want to deploy a website to a server we need to think about what all dependencies are required for that services to run and work effectively but in the case of the containerizing of application whenever you package your application you ensure that all the associated dlls associated dependencies and everything uh, are correlated there and maybe some that service will have some external dependencies like api or some other services so that all also included as part of the um, uh, part of that architecture in the inside the service so that service can itself communicate with an external api or something uh, and all the other libraries and everything that are related to running of that particular service will be uh, shipped inside that container itself so that container is a package and you can provide it to any of the cloud service so amazon offers some of the cloud uh, uh, services that are particularly uh, optimized for containers we can look into some of the container services that are provided by amazon similar way other cloud vendors also provide so once you have a shipping container in place you can store that in a inside a registry and each time when you change an service you can create a new build and that way you can deploy it independently of other service this means if your application has five uh, individual modular services five services can be deployed as individual shipping containers with its own dependencies and everything and whenever there is a change required in one of the service you can deploy that you can modify and deploy that service without affecting any of the other service at all so this way it provides a more seamless uh, consistent deployment model without affecting any of the other or can we say like a fast deployment model where feature that you are you are visualizing is moving to production in a more faster way one of the best Uh, service that we could see from the amazon is the amazon kubernetes service so that is the uh, amazon elastic kubernetes service we, or we call it eks similar way azure also has its own kubernetes service called azure kubernetes service or aks so this is a managed service where you provide the uh, shipped um, container package and uh, we use, you ideally store that it inside a container registry and you provide other details to the these kind of services like the amazon kubernetes service elastic kubernetes service while you mention uh, these package to deploy to the kubernetes service you also need to mention how much instance you want and everything how much capacity you need and all so rest of the things this kubernetes managed service will manage automatically so it's kind of an orchestration uh, built on top of uh, kubernetes service so kubernetes is another orchestration service from google so these cloud providers adopted this kubernetes service and on top uh, integrated on top of uh, their own cloud versions so azure has azure uh, kubernetes service while the amazon has elastic kubernetes service uh, which has its own unique peculiar features that are branded according to the different cloud vendors but commonality underlying the kubernetes service is what working the input we are providing to the kubernetes service is the the packed container which we developed for our microservice architecture 
in the simple case if you understand about kubernetes service uh, dip model of deployment we can say for a simple microservice website uh, it may have a front end and a back end so front end may be in a react Uh, language it is developed and the backend may be developed using uh, some something like a web api or a node js so you can have two uh, containers and two containers can be deployed to the uh, uh, amazon kubernetes service so whenever you deploy you as uh, you uh, you mention to the service like i want this much of instances and accordingly it will automatically scale the instances whenever it is getting deployed the another on benefit that these managed service provides like the kubernetes is the provision to auto scale and uh, scale down the uh, pod instances so sometimes you have a peak load where you want to upscale your uh, front end or back end uh, instances where from maybe two pods to three pods or something like that these kubernetes services can do on behalf of you uh, behalf of the application configuration and it automatically um, scales up and down based on the kind of usage and sometimes there is a chance that some of the pods may crash either because of the memory problem or like that in that case it it will automatically this uh, kubernetes service will automatically recover those instances as well so some of the things which uh, the tops needs to do manually will be handled automatically by the kubernetes service and the main uh, advantage that i felt from this kind of application architecture is the uh, way by which it is wrapped so that all the associated dependencies that are required for the uh, service can be wrapped uh, there itself so you don't need to bother anything about the other some of the other matters at all so this greatly solves the problem of dependencies where uh, if some dependency goes missing on the target deployment area uh, application breaks but that won't happen in the case of the containerized application because everything that is required for running the application will be shipped inside the container so this model of deployment is best suited Uh, one example i could say about this is um, recently i have made a .net core application uh, which is a simple exe and i have uh, I, i it's a kind of a poc and i sent to one of my friend and when he ran this application he don't had the, uh, had the .net core runtime installed in his machine so when he ran it it um, it uh, got a runtime error and an exception was raised this happened because the runtime environment was not there at in his system so this is this is just on dependencies so similar way for our application to work there may be lot of dependencies some of the dependencies can be restored either from the nuket or other package management service but uh, sometimes other dependencies like the operating system level dependencies and other dependencies are there which will be sorted out by the uh, at the time of the uh, containerization of application itself so in the dot net it happens like this uh, you ideally open the visual studio and you can select a type of project that you want so whenever you create a project visual studio nowadays offer the possibility for creating a containerized application so you can enable the tick like run this application inside a container so when you enable that tick automatically a container or a docker file will be added automatically to your application so this means that your application is now container ready 
rest the thing you need to do is to uh, build the associate pipelines and other things which you want to deploy on the uh, container services so the at the time of the building of application the uh, build steps that you are associated with will automatically package the application based on the docker file you define so this docker file has an associated a uh, base image and based on that the docker image will be built and uh, it will automatically wrap the uh, your application along with that base image and then it will Uh, make it a final container and that container is the one which is actually stored inside a registry so when you look into the amazon website amazon aws amazon web services website related to the container services you ha- can have a lot of option so there are three different categories which you can see that is the registry orchestration and compute so by, when i mentioned about the containerization of application at the build stage once the build is completed we want to store the final uh, container image we call it as image inside a registry so if you just want to store that inside a registry amazon offers a registry called amazon elastic container registry you can learn more about these different services from amazon documentation for now for the sake of the episode i am just mentioning a brief overview of all these uh, you can learn it later uh from the documentation or from different videos that are available in the internet first we can understood about the uh, understand about the um elastic container registry so amazon amazon elastic container registry or ecr is a fully managed container registry uh, that allows you to simply Uh, store and manage and deploy the container image so its role is basically store your container image so using a uh, pipeline like the azure devops or some form of pipeline you can uh, you can create a, um, a container package based on the docker file that uh, that is uh, also stored along with your application and then you can finally create an image and can be stored inside the registry so the second thing is like uh, you can uh, orchestrate your um, Im- uh, image so you have the image stored in the registry but that is not usable for the client you need to deploy that deploy you can simply deploy that and can later or- orchestrate but nowadays you ideally deploy that and orchestrate it so for that an orchestration uh services there so different orchestration service are out there so one is called the amazon elastic container service so this is a fully managed container orchestration service that provides the most secure reliable and scalable way to run containerized application so that is one orchestration service amazon elastic container service the second one is amazon elastic kubernetes service which is what i commonly so when majority of the enterprise application here in amazon elastic uh, kubernetes service uh, it's a fully managed kubernetes service that provides the similar to the ecs like a most secure reliable and scalable way but it's run on top of kubernetes which is a engine provided by um google then there is also another orchestration service called the red hat open shift service on aws so that is also a fully managed application platform with a with a um, ide as well runtime 
and it has built tools ci cd service mesh and all so it's a different service so most commonly amazon elastic kubernetes service or azure kubernetes services is, is what i have seen but the, there are organization which uses the red hat open shift as well as the amazon elastic container service as well so other than that when uh, there are a, a different category of services which provides by amazon uh, when it comes to com uh, for the uh, kind of a compute purpose like uh, amazon aws fargate which is a serverless compute engine for containers uh, also amazon ec2 uh, which allows uh, you to run containers on a virtual machine with a full control over the configuration and scale. So these are different different categories of service tweaked to serve different use of the customers. But basically, when for for your understanding, you can create a, a Docker uh, ship package uh, or a container package uh, for your different microservices. So if you have a microservice with five different modular services, you can have five individual uh, services, each wrapped and shipped and containerized and can be deployed uh, on a um, container service, uh, managed container orchestration service like Amazon Elastic Kubernetes service. So rest of the things, uh, EKS will automatically manage as part of what you have provided in the configuration so it can handle the um, um it can handle the um uh, fault um when some crash happens for a particular pod or something it can automatically handle that similar way the communication between different uh, ports can also be handled inside that uh, that um, managed service it can automatically uh, do that for you then the next thing is like um, next uh, thing to mention is like how you want to have logging for this kind of application usually uh, when when you host your uh, service or some application in the traditional environment you ideally have a log in that server but that is not the case with the uh, uh, services like the kubernetes service where the pod is actually creating at runtime or when it is actually getting deployed there are chances that a pod may get destroyed a new pod may spin up so you don't have the provision to store anything inside the containers and it's not suitable as well sometimes if you don't have a log mechanism apart independently from the container uh, service uh, it will be challenging for you to understand what is happening inside the container. So whenever you develop a container based application, it will be better to have an associated logging mechanism also. So ideally you need to have something like a CloudWatch or CloudTrail in the case of Amazon. As well as in the case of Azure, you should have something like application insights or something that should be uh, connected from your container services. So when an issue happens, it will be logged automatically inside the container, uh, inside the application insights where the operations team can look into the application insights to get an overview of what is happening behind the scene. Uh, they may not have the privilege to log into that system to get an overview of what is happening inside there. They should have something like a way to uh, differently log that using something like application insights and all. Now, if you look at some of the customer stories that are available in the Amazon Web Services websites uh, related to the containers services, you can see that some of the 
uh, uh, firms are mentioning like they benefit from this containerization of services like uh, they increased the speed of market of microservices from 3 months to 24 hours they can easily uh, easily uh, develop and deploy the services with the help of these container services and also by effectively designing and running the application container application they can they reduced cost also by 50% so uh, effectively designing the container application in inside a microservice architecture will be helpful for uh, scalability resiliency as well as recovery uh, you can have a list of all the different um, customer stories that are available uh, some of the customers are samsung disney and all uh, so you can understand how the elastic kubernetes service or eks helped them to deploy the application so this is one way of deploying the application and another benefit that provides from this kind of container based deployment is the provision for you to move to a different cloud some organizations adopt the strategy of multi cloud where a single single application may be deployed to multiple clouds for the sake of high availability and other things Uh, sometimes they may also envision their future possibility to migrate to a different cloud as well so they foreseen this in uh, before developing the application so in that case container can greatly help because you can move a container application to a different cloud vendor more easily than other kind of uh, serverless or other things because in the case of when you use a serverless kind of strategy you have a binding with a particular cloud vendor you may be using some of their Uh, serverless uh, uh, serverless uh, tools or something and uh, when you move to a different uh, cloud vendor you need to modify much of the existing logic and all because the different cloud vendor may be providing the different serverless service in a different way so there there may be alterations required when you migrate your application to a different cloud vendor but when it comes to the container you are ideally shipping the application as a container so there may be only a pipeline change required for you from the part of you as a developer so this way you can uh, avoid the vendor locking more effectively with the help of a container application but the disadvantage is that uh, for the con- running of container and everything a cost will be much higher than that of the serverless and also um, there may be development effort to containerize the application and all and for smaller applications this containerization may would be an overkill microservice architecture requires um, a bit careful thought on how you want to, to to design your application that needs to be think at a, a beginning stage uh, sometimes um, as you progress Uh, there may be changes that come so you need to foresee all that in uh, some of these things in advance when developing an application and the different services that work together should be fault tolerant as well it should communicate in a effective way and there should be logging mechanism also associated with that so for a uh, smaller application this would be an overkill but for a uh, larger application or an enterprise application microservice would be certainly rewarding for you So this is an overview of uh, microservices architecture next we can look into the serverless uh, in detail so, uh, so hope you understand about the container application so you, if you are new to container application uh, using the visual studio or similar tools you can easily create a container application basically it's involves simply a adding a docker file 
then there is a rest of things that you need to done like a pipeline deployment and everything and should choose a associated container service as well that is the deployment part from but from the development part uh, creating something like a docker file would do the half part of the development rest of the things will be similar then uh, there are other considerations that you need to consider like i mentioned earlier like a careful splitting of services for a microservice architecture some thought needs to be there uh, it must be resilient it it should be working in a, in parallel independently and it should be lightweight as well and each service should focus on a particular uh, task or something um uh, and if you if you see that there are uh, you can form a boundary you can create that to a separate service now the same uh, microservices modular services which you design can be designed in a form of a serverless space as well uh, other than the container so serverless is very lightweight and more easy to implement than a container service because in the case of serverless you are actually not bothering about the server part or the infrastructure part at all that is the responsibility of the cloud vendor so they give you just a framework or just a basic service where you can create a different functions it's it can imagine to be just like a um, opening a, something like a new program in visual studio where you can write different functions where each function would do a different logic for your different task for your application so imagine if you are having a website simply stored in uh, amazon s3 which is a hosted service hosted storage service from amazon so it has the provision or ability to store the website as well like a simple react page or something imagine your um, web application goes to next level where a user can upload your uh, upload something from the website they may be uploading a kind of a, a large uh, image or something now uh, later when your website evolve uh, client wants that images to be displayed on the client machine so he may have different devices so your device may be respond your website may be responsive and it will be uh, displayed uh, to different devices in a quite effective way but the images that you stored you need to display to each device in a different way you need to display that in a different resolution better suited suited for that particular device so in that case whenever you are storing the image whenever a user is uploading the image uh, you should think about how to best store the image in a separate separate resolution way for that to achieve you can have a uh, aws lambda uh, that is the serverless uh, service which is provided by aws there are other serverless service provided by aws as well but this aws lambda is the basic service or the most common service that we can see in amazon so this service is uh, serverless uh, service works in a way like it we can have different bindings bindings means when this function should trigger so in this case of our website we are storing the website inside an amazon s3 so whenever there is a new file inside the amazon s3 we can create a trigger so by we can use that binding and we can write logic so we can just focus on the logic like we can uh, read the image that is uploaded uh, on the storage uh, native support is provided by s3 to have binding with the amazon lambda 
serverless function so we can write the logic we can reduce the thumbnail and we can also output the image to different other aws services like the um even the storage itself or can be to dynamo db or some other service so in this way a different services can be integrated with the help of serverless functions and it's more lightweight because we not need to bother about the uh, associated dependency or anything uh, many times the many many of the cases these serverless uh, services will provide you the provision to uh, include the packages and all for example if you are a c sharp developer or a node js developer you can add the different packages that are required for the functionality and you can just focus on the functionality there so the package can be added using the package management system like the npm or the nuget package manager that is provided along with the um, serverless service similarly if you are confident with the javascript you can write in javascript as well so this way you can focus on the actual logic and rest of the things like the infrastructure and everything that will be created uh, and um, spinned up automatically by the associated cloud vendor so uh, also there are uh, times when you want your application to scale up so your processing needs to scale up in this case of the example which we just discussed sometimes we need to uh, um, improve the uh, thumbnail um, conversion time and all so uh, we can what we can do is we can configure the serverless function in such a way that it will automatically spin up different instances automatically behind the scene so that it can handle more workload so this way uh, microservices can be developed using the serverless concept as well so that is up to the developer so serverless is the trending word that which we could see these days so different kinds of um, uh, this um, serverless services can be used and amazon lambda can be used for different purpose like the one example is what we discussed like we can uh, we can uh, integrate the different services in a microservices and we can add logic to different lambda functions and these can work parallel uh, together so there is no need for deploying each services to a, a different container service and deploy accordingly and scale instantly rather you can have different functions inside aws lambda and it can provide different integrations with each other service and that way also you can develop a microservice architecture so the front end or the client portion of the Uh, your application will be ideally a website and behind the scene these different services either in the form of a container service or in the form of a serverless services will be working not just this there are different other use cases as well uh, like the stream processing where you can you can uh, have the different social media streams sometimes if uh, you want to think about okay uh, when i launch my product what is happening in different social media so there may be different social media like the facebook twitter uh, and other uh, opinion uh, sites and all so we need to collect the data from these different areas so these different areas are called the different streams so we need to collect all the data and to collect an analysis in these data in real time uh, amazon offers a service called the amazon kinesis 
if you look into the documentation of amazon kinesis you can understand how different media streams can be loaded into the kinesis and it can provide an analysis based on how you configure that service so if you want to find out how much uh, uh, what your users are actually telling or is it a positive review about a product or something or something like that you can use this uh, amazon kinesis to analyze the social media stream if you go and look into each different uh, service each different social media and try to analyze this it will be much difficult because this is these are all happening in real time if you look at a particular product under uh, you can see a lot of comments at a particular point of time and that may be changing so a real uh, media stream is actually happening there and we want to analyze the data so in that times we need to use some of these services like the amazon kinesis which can handle the stream in real time and the other advantage is like the lambda can also this azure serverless function Uh, sorry not ashwar the amazon uh, serverless function like the aws lambda can also be used with the uh, amazon kinesis so whenever some particular event uh, that is happening uh, based on uh, what you have configured based on what that stream of data has arrived then lambda gets triggered and a final uh, outcome of what you want to convey to the users that can be stored inside a amazon dynamo db because lambda itself provides a kind of a uh, output binding as well so that way uh, the user end user can see from a simple interface like a, a website hosted in s3 or something what's happening behind the scene so there is a three different services that is working behind the scene like the amazon kinesis the amazon aws lambda which is the serverless function and also the dynamo db which is actually finally storing the result of the analysis output so this way when some voting uh, is happening for some game or something or, or whatever some reality show or something you can um, process in this way and can show accordingly to the user so that way the important thing happening is there uh, this aws can lambda can be easily configured with the output and input binding input in this case is amazon kinesis and output is the dynamo db so you don't need to write or think about the infrastructure or anything you can just uh, create a lambda function and can write code uh, on what you want to achieve there and you can finally integrate that as well similar way you can integrate this um, uh, lambda serverless function with the iot applications as well as for mobile backend as well where whenever a user is using uh, some uh, user wants to send something from their application you can use this lambda as an api itself and it can also output that something to some other uh, services like the amazon notification services etc when so when uh, those who are subscribed to it will get the return of that so that way you can configure the different microservices architecture so in the next episode we will learn more about some of the asynchronous patterns that can be employed with the uh, the serverless and the containers uh, mode of uh, micro uh, it's uh, not serverless and containers you can use that for serverless or for container application but basically it's a kind of a microservice architecture where a disconnected pattern like an asynchronous pattern can be integrated 
so now you understand like uh, whenever someone is uploading something um to the blob you can have a trigger and you can process it but what happens is that service is down you need to handle that asynchronously so there are different patterns out there uh, like the queue pattern the job observer pattern and all even streaming pattern and all that all we will discuss in the next session so hope you understand a bit about the different um uh, architectures and mostly in this episode you understand about the microservices architecture where a main uh, a single large application is divided into uh, more modular services and each modular can be developed using a different languages as your team like and this will communicate through an rest api and these would run independently but to deploy that you can have different different strategies um but these strategies should be considered at the uh, time of design of the application itself because based on that is how you develop your application for if you are planning for a serverless mode of deployment uh, you think in terms of function as a service while if you if you think about deploying it as a container based service more natively you would think as a different different kind of a project based approach so similar way you you uh, you consider that at the time of the de- design of the application itself and uh, serverless is the most recent form of uh, approach and it is more trending nowadays so if you look at the different applications out there and if you understand the architecture most of them nowadays you see uh, serverless services so aws uh, service uh, aws provides different uh, services like the aws lambda so this is aws lambda is the one that which we discussed now this this is an event driven pay as you go compute service that lets you run code without provisioning or managing servers and also uh, aws fargate is there so fargate is a serverless compute engine that works with amazon elastic container service and amazon kubernetes service so different versions are provided there to suit the best needs for the customers also this lambda can integrate with other different services um next episode we will think about the different patterns like the job observer queue pattern and all where we want one service to communicate with other service but not in a real time in a kind of an asynchronous fashion asynchronous fashion means if uh, you have a card service in place and you have a payment service in place so suppose a uh, customer is actually paying something through the payment service and if the payment service is down Uh, what happens if we you do not employ some pattern there like the queue pattern or something usually it results in a failure and the customer have to restart it again so um to avoid that we ideally store the payment details in a, actually in a queue and then re- let the payment service to process it from the queue so similar way different patterns are there to support those kinds of patterns uh, amazon or the cloud providers come up with different kinds of services like the uh, some of them i will quickly uh, go through here one is the amazon uh, sqs service which is a simple queue service you see it, it is a kind of a messaging queue service enabling you to decouple and scale microservices a distributed system and serverless application so these are all related terms basically here involves splitting up of a main application into micro services 
so there are distributed service uh, systems and serverless application and it's have its own uh, different ad- uh, differentiations there but ideally the concept is almost same uh, where a more monolithic application is broken down into multiple parts then the uh, enhancement of this aws lambda uh, called the aws step functions one uh, one quick thing want to convey with regard to the serverless aws lambda function is the lambda function or the logic you are writing inside the lambda function um, must be run in a quick fashion within a certain period of time it should not be a long running process so what happens is sometimes you need to run a series of uh, events in a proper way and may maybe on lambda function is not suitable so in that case you can use aws step functions which is actually a kind of an orchestrator uh, which allows you to sequence multiple aws services into business critical applications so it's kind of a workflow orchestrator a uh, similar way there is an um, service called amazon event bridge this is a kind of a serverless event bus that lets you event driven application at scale across aws and existing system so ideally you communicate with that event bridge and all the different other uh, services that are subscribed to that event gets a notification and based on that it will work similarly lot of lot of different services are there um even this uh, the initial service which they have started amazon started aws s3 Uh, which is an object storage designed to store and protect any amount of data so whenever um, when amazon started that particular service uh, clients began to use that and it becomes a massive hit because they can scale the storage in a, uh, in a uh, reliable way uh, provides a high availability and it is much cheaper as well so the next question that comes to them is how to manipulate the data that is stored inside amazon s3 so they have the data in place how they want to manipulate the data or manipulation in the sense like if you store a image we want to do some alterations or something so in those days um, developers need to write some worker service or something which will pull the data from the s3 and then do the rest of the work and then again it stores the Uh, processed data in amazon s3 so these days because of amazon lambda is in place and because of its integration with s3 uh, you can simply uh, create events based on what it is stored in the s3 and behind the scene automatically a lambda can be spinned up so you just need to configure it and uh, this binding is very important and um, because this binding helps developers Amazon integrates this binding this kind of input and output binding with the lambda to different other functions so it's kind of, it's a kind of a series of kind of a building blocks working together so you can use different set of services from cloud you can wrap it and you can assemble it and you can connect it and then you can um uh, build in a way like if these different services work co um, consistently and cooperatively in a systematic way to achieve the um, required behavior of the application similarly there is a database that is offered by amazon called the amazon dynamodb which is also a serverless which is also based on serverless then amazon aurora is also a serverless 
db which is a mysql and postgresql compatible cases so lot of lot of uh, applications can be developed using the serverless concepts and this is a, uh, a trending word out there so you can you, if you search you can understand about this so with this we can wind up this episode and on the next episode we will be thinking about some of the asynchronous pattern that can help to improve your serverless or the microservice architecture or even the container architecture also so once again i want to reiterate that actually microservice is what basically fits into this container and serverless mode of deployment uh, so both are uh, different uh, terms that are much uh, connected with the microservice mode of architecture also um, um uh, the uh, next set of patterns that we are going to discuss in the next episode Uh, can be used not only for the microservice architecture or for the container or serverless but also can be used for the layered architecture as well if you are developing a simple application and want to not bother with anything uh, you ideally need to think whether that can that can be made as a serverless considering the different uh, cost budgets and everything so if everything falls within what you expect then uh, you can go for serverless because that is the best approach if that not suited then you can choose some other approaches like the container approach or some form of approaches like the layered approach or uh, in some cases a single application may be served to different customers so in that case you need to go for a kind of an approach like the multi tenant approach but uh, keep in mind that uh, cons- uh, before considering the multi tenant approach you need to think whether how much customization is required for the client if they want to have a lot of customization then uh, then having this containerization of app, uh, having this uh, multi tenant application may not be a best fit in that case uh, because um, it uses a common structure for different customers there's a limit to which you can customize that kind of application because it affects other customers Uh, service oriented architecture is the one that we could see in the olden days but nowadays because the uh, support because of the support for the cloud and the microservices architecture uh, i would prefer to go with the kind of a serverless kind of architecture uh, provided if the cost and everything is within the budget so properly architected um, serverless kind of application will be much cost effective and which will be much scalable as well Uh, rather than a service oriented architecture because if uh, if you de- want to deploy a service oriented architecture you need to um, think about creating them as services you need to think about uh, deploying them as a container uh, application or something and all those things but serverless is m- much easier uh, only problem here uh, there in the case of serverless is a vendor lock in that can happen so you are tightly binded to a particular technology like the aws lambda or azure function whereas in container you can have the liberty to go uh, kind of a vendor neutral way so with all this uh, we can wind up the episode thank you very much for listening this episode have a great day ahead